0: Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy, Uh, riding solo today. Corwin could not join us due to extraneous circumstances. I think that's how you pronounce that. Not going to check. Today's hat. Boom. Rangers hat. One of the only two hockey hats I own, I guess. Um even though I have not been the world's most dedicated hockey fan this year. Um, and you know what? That's one of my fucking gripes. Uh, if anyone from MSG listens to this show, MSG Network, not the product that goes in Chinese food. Fuck your face. Fuck your own face. The MSG Go app. That's it. And it's not available on on the Roku. And I, I understand that, that that is a very first world problem, a very modern um, young person dilemma that your TV station is not available as an app on my TV instead of a channel, but like, fuck man, I don't have cable. Like I, but I get MSG network through my, through my folks and my parents, because they still fucking pay for cable. I ain't going to pay for that shit if I don't have to. And uh, I, I got to watch the games on my phone. No one wants to watch hockey on their phone. I don't want to watch anything on my phone. And same thing with the Knicks. I can't watch the Knicks unless I'm watching it on my phone. It's fucking ass. And yeah, I know. I know I can hook it up to my TV. You think I look at the kind of guy that wants to go get up at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, find the HDMI cable, hook that shit up to my laptop, and then render my laptop basically useless for the next two and a half hours? No. Fuck that shit. Make it easier. I am lazy work build your network around me okay because i don't need your shit fuck you msg that's that's that and fuck games do that's just obligatory uh anyway probably going to keep it on the shorter side today since i'm alone um and as much as i love talking i yeah, i guess uh hey talking to myself and that's all this really is so figure do some Kind of uh, around the horn, you know, general news shit, um, and give you one side It takes. Uh, this is basically the Fox News episode of the podcast where you only hear one side, and it's all biased as fuck. Uh, that's me coming at you, which is a real shame because we have a we have Steelers news, and one of the things that we've been talking about, f- f- I don't know, for the past few months, every time this does to come up, is the fact that they were negative in cap space for twenty twenty one which obviously you knew they were going to change somehow, uh, the most obvious of which was Ben Roethlisberger's $40 million cap hit for this year uh, it was almost certainly going to be finagled. And finagled it was as Ben Roethlisberger signed uh, a new contract that really just kind of shifted some money around. So the way that his, this contract works is um, it's technically a one-year $14 million contract. And I guess technically it's a pay cut because I'm not seeing him recouping the money anywhere else. But um, just to break it down a little bit, it's a base salary of a million dollars, a signing bonus of $15 million. His cap hit is $26 million. His dead cap is is $35 million and his yearly cash is $14 million. So Ben, basically Ben Roethlisberger pocketed $15 million for signing um, and is guaranteed a base salary of $1 million. And I'm going to assume there's some incentive shit in there and whatnot. Um, But his overall cap hit dropped from like, I think it was at 41 million. It drops to uh, 26 million. So, a uh, pretty nice fucking bit of savings for our uh Pittsburgh Steelers there not that I really care what the fuck the Steelers do um but it is still um it the, the, it's it's the it's the part of the business that no other sport really has because the N- MLB doesn't have any of this shit uh, cap stuff, you know, you got the luxury tax. Sure. But it's nothing like yada. You gotta be under it. You have to No, I mean, if you, if you want to, most teams ownership tells them you gotta be under it, but, but no one like needs to, or else you face penalty from MLB, um, outside of well, I mean you do, but you know what I mean? It's not like hard cap it's soft. Uh, and then the MLB and the NBA and the NHL, they both those guys have guaranteed contracts, so you don't really get this type of finagling, which you also largely do in MLB. There's always incentive structures and built into everything, but it's guaranteed money. So, with the end, with the NFL is really the only league where the contracts aren't guaranteed, so the money feels a lot more fake, you know, like you'll see a guy. We talk about this on the show all the time. You'll see a guy sign a four year, hundred million dollar contract. So you go, Oh shit. He's going to be making $25 million. A year. No, he's not. He's going to be making fucking $4 million a year with $21 million a year of like reachable incentives or some shit like that. Um, and it, it's nonsense and it's stupid. And it's there, I think to convince people um, that you're getting a lot more than you're getting. And uh, I think it's duplicitous and wrong. Fuck you nfl i'm dishing out all my fuck yous today um as i cannot be curtailed we're, we're gonna run off the rails here pretty soon uh yeah that's not true <laughs> anyway uh so that's that for what's going on in steelers land uh, again not sure it means anything it, there's gonna be a there's a lot of restructuring that has been taking place over the past handful of days um the beginning of the week prior to NH NFL. Jesus fucking Christ. NFL free agency is always like this because teams are restructuring everything to maximize the amount of cap space they have heading into the season, heading into the uh, beginning, true beginning of the off season. So they can sign the free agents they want to sign or set themselves up with cap space for going into next season. So a lot of stuff has changed. Um, a lot of players have been cut. Um, you know, this is a, like bloody Sunday. I think they call it or some shit like that. Uh, where, you know, just rosters just get massacred, players getting cut left, right, and center, because, you know, this is what happens. You know, the, the Jets cut a bunch of players. Every every team's cutting players right now um, because they just want to... They're reevaluating their rosters, they're reevaluating their salary, and then their payroll, and they're just going forward with it like that. That that, that cold-hearted business part of it, I don't think anyone's really... You know, that's unfortunate, but no one's going to sit there and be like, they shouldn't do that. Um, that that part's normal. Um it's the rest of the chicanery that goes on. It's a little bit, I don't know. Um, but so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot shifting. We'll probably do a salary cap recap um, pretty soon. Uh, but you know, we'll see what goes on with it. Um, it's really gonna. It's really only gonna impact teams that do some actual signing. So you know, we'll see who that is. As it stands right now, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were. I think the second or third least payrolled team or most payrolled team in the NFL with a negative, um, uh, negative cap space remaining. They now have a positive cap space remaining. They're just about $8 million, uh, in cap room for the season. Um, That puts them at 24th. The teams below them, the Buffalo Bills, the last positive team who have $4.5 million of cap space, and then everyone else is negative. The Minnesota Vikings sitting at negative 2, Bears at negative 2.8, Packers at negative 5.8, Falcons at negative 15.1, Chiefs at negative 18.4, the Rams at negative 30.6, and the Saints at negative 44. Does that include Breeze? Hold on. Hold on. Does that include? Is that without Drew Brees? Okay, so Drew Brees is does have a cap hit for that season, this upcoming season, but it's only twelve million dollars. That's not a lot, especially for a quarterback uh okay wow they're just fucked huh oh they have a ton of dead cap uh no only six million bucks yeah wow i don't get it that's weird that's very weird anyway that's something to explore with and i have more time into not actively recording the show (laughs) Um, so I'll save that for later. We'll come back to that at a later time. Um, but anyway, so the Steelers have dug themselves out of a hole. We'll see where other teams fall as uh, we, as we slowly approach, um, the NFL draft, which is next month, April 29th. So just a little bit more than a little bit under two months away. I grow increasingly curious as to what my New York, Jetropolitans will do. Um, as so far it's been quiet i'm expecting something um cuz the thing is you know i i guess i think this every year and every year they choose to continue to do nothing um but you know they always clear up cap space which i you know i get teams just want to do in general cuz why spend the money if you don't have to um it's like hey we're bad we're going to be bad why spend money ugh it'd make more sense for if the jets were actively trying to like build talent within their own organization, but they don't do that either. So anyway, um, and then they don't spend it. You know, they, they clear up the cap at the beginning of the offseason season and they, then they, they does shout out a couple of big contracts here and there, but it's n- nothing, you know, Tremaine Edmonds wasn't winning us a fucking Super Bowl. You know, that was a weird contract to, 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 to give out or to at least to absorb, I forget which direction. No, I think we gave that. That doesn't matter. um, this year feels like it might be different. This feels like the first year we might do something. And that might be me just conflating all the trade rumors with an actual, moderately sincere possibility that the Jets make an acquisition of either Deshaun Watson or, or Russell Wilson or um, make some type of splash somewhere in the trade market when it comes to maybe an O lineman or a defensive end. Hey, JJ Watt was available. Not saying that would have really helped us like tremendously, but would have been a fucking impact, I'll tell you that, and it would have been a signal to the rest of the team that it's like, hey, here we are this year, but regardless, you know, the Jets' uh, clock is ticking in terms of what uh, their options really are looking like as, you know, if I'm them, I'm trading Sam Darnold before the draft. If I'm if I'm trading him, uh, I don't see the point really hanging on to him after that, um, but I am but a man sitting on a chair in his apartment. I am no GM. We shall see i am excited uh all right there's nothing else really going on that i care about uh happening in the nfl right now a lot of it's rumors and cuts and some extensions and you know eh, yeah it's all stuff that's happening i guess uh so let's turn our eye to america's pastime baseball uh our, our favorite sport here on the show we've been talking about it a lot recently um there's nothing too too much going on so I'm probably just gonna like look at the Yankees roster and talk about it for a while because I'm actually I'm, I'm all right I'm starting to get excited it's not that I wasn't excited before it's just that I had been busy um new job occupies a lot of my time and I haven't had quite the free time I used to have to just like Poke around Yankees, um, like forums and shit, and like get myself all worked up. <laughs> so, I haven't really had the chance to do that this year. Um, I've been trying to stay on top of the spring training games as, as best that I can based on what's televised. And you know what? Oh, that's a point I want to make. You know what is fucking stupid about these untelevised games is that. MLB doesn't even need to televise them. That's the infuriating part about it is that fans, real committed baseball fans, and that's who spring training games are for. You know, like no one's passively tuning into a spring training game because it's on the way that someone might tune into uh, the NBA finals because it's on and there was nothing else there. No one's doing that with spring training. The only people watching televised spring training games are baseball, real baseball fans. So, the thing about it is that if you want to say like, oh, we don't want to get in the way of um, our our TV deals or our announcer deals or whatever, fine. Don't. You don't have to do it. You have the cameras there. Just record. You don't even have to live stream it. Just record the the full game, and then post it on MLB.com afterwards. No commentary. No graphics. No. F- I don't even, I'm not even convinced anyone would care if they really had a score bug. Like if it was literally just raw footage of the game so that people on Twitter aren't sharing other people on Twitter's handheld iPhone camera video clips and highlights, then that's kind of enough. That's like really all we're asking for here because you don't have to, you know, then then you're not um, worrying about a production crew which usually comes from the broadcasting network which wouldn't be broadcasting the game so you don't have to worry about the production crew same thing then you don't have to worry about the broadcasting crew which also would come with the broadcasting network so you don't have to worry about that shit at all um just fucking throw it up you know like i mean i have to assume no i know for a fact mlb has its own cameras (laughs) like for when they because when they do reviews you know you'll always hear uh, the commentators say like, ah, you know, but MLB has, has its own angles, which means that they have their own cameras. So how are they going to have their own angles? Uh, <laughs> so they have the technology, the capability. And really, if we're talking about just cost, I can't imagine this really costs anything. No one's asking you to do any editing. No one's asking you to put in any commercial breaks. If you wanted to, to squeeze some extra revenue out of it, I guess fucking sure but like really bare bones just like here is videos of these baseball games and seriously people committed baseball fans who at least heard from a uh fucking i don't know reporter or some shit that something cool happened will like go check it out or at least give the people who care to take um you know their own time and their own energy to spend uh, creating a video or a fun clip out of that will have some actual real interesting or at least real uh, high quality video to do that with. And that's not, that doesn't even cost you anything. That's just at that point, it's just free fucking marketing. Uh, so again, I'm, usually with a lot of the stuff that I whine about, um, cause I'll admit it, that, that's all this really is. I mean, you, why do you listening to to this show? Um, it's stuff that, you know, sounds good and maybe a touch idealistic um, that could totally happen if someone cared enough um, to institute a lot of change. But this doesn't even really require that much change. I mean, the camera wells are already in the stadiums. Um, and I know, for, like I said, MLP has its own uh, uh, camera crew and camera equipment. And it also really wouldn't be much if it was just like two camera angles uh, one, the one in center field that points at the at the, the pitcher and catcher, and then the uh, camera well that's usually uh, between home plate and the dugout that points out towards the outfield. I, I I'm hard pressed to think that we really need too much else, because that way you get all the pitches, and then maybe maybe a, a second angle somewhere from outfield, uh, or the, you know that, that points out, uh, or points like perpendicular to, to the field. For some reason, I don't know to get just get a different look at it. It really, and then and then again, if you want to, if you didn't want to do any editing, just throw all three of those up. You don't even have to splice between them. Just throw all three up. Here's angle one. Here's angle two. Here's angle three, or whatever, uh, and then you're fucking done, man. Like that, and and you know, obviously, I want to hear David Cohn talk. I want to hear Michael Kay talk. Um, the fact that David Cohn's doing these broadcasts from what appears to be like a basement kitchen is hilarious. And I would love seeing it because it's so funny and very relatable. And why did they give him such a little curtain? Uh- <laughs> um, but, you know, like if I wanted to, if I want to see uh, uh, fucking Gary Sanchez home run that I missed or some weird prospect home run that I don't like fully know the name of. And, uh, but I really want to see his home run because I heard it was cool. And then all I have is like some guy in Florida who recorded this phone. You can hear all his friends going in the background. Sucks. It sucks. Like you know. And the, uh, this would literally be like like a a very minimal change that MLB would have to make, where they'd have. And I would think not have to really consult with anybody on it. But oh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? MLB doesn't care about you. Yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in adjacent news, Aaron Boone out of the hospital, um, set to rejoin the Yankees at some point in time, uh, soon. He hopes, um, which is horrifying. Because it happens so fast. And usually, when that type of stuff happens, like if there was a news story that broke a week ago and it was like one week from uh, Aaron Boone expected to get a pacemaker in a week. And it's, you know, the quote from Aaron Boone being like, yeah, you know, this was just the earliest we could get this surgery booked. I know it's during spring training, but they said I had a quick bounce back. So, you know is what it is but i wanted to make sure i i got it before the season fully started and you got this like there's this whole like break in between it seemed planned and everyone's like ah yeah boone's pacemaker surgery it's happening on thursday at 3 p.m and it is mondays and all this advanced nose. and it seems like oh it's not so scary and the but no it happened the story broke like as it was happening and that's what's horrifying about it um and it's moments like that that kind of where where normal life kind of breaches the things you treat as like your hobbies your, your escapes from real life it makes it feel so surreal and put a lot, puts a lot in, into type of perspective like when um oh I think it was Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox I want to say it was and I'm sorry if it's not but I think it was um who got COVID last year and then developed that that heart condition and, and then had a, had to miss the season he didn't even opt out he was not allowed to play I believe. Um, that was, and that, that was like, oh shit, like, here's, here's COVID happening like to my sport in a meaningful way in like a big way. Um, and if, and it's bizarre, um, and you know, obviously scary and, uh, sad and, and you know, all the normal things, but it, it also has, it has a weird touch of like, oh, did they write this into the show? Like, like, like i why is this one happening? I don't remember this episode because um, it, it, it's supposed to be, at least for me, it, it's, it should have a little bit more separation than it does. So when, when the two kind of cross, it's uncomfortable. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so Booney coming back soon. Really looking forward to getting him back. Uh, I don't think there's anything else really all that interesting happening. Uh, Trevor Bauer struck a guy out with his with one eye closed, um, which people thought was racist, which shows how little everyone thinks of Trevor Bauer. Rightfully so. Dude's the worst. Um, And I think it ended up being something he just wanted to do to make content out of it later on for like his YouTube channel or some shit. And if that's what we get from him this season, someone someone's gotta talk to him. I mean, because because what I'm saying is like if we're gonna live in a society, we live in a society. If we're gonna live <laughs> if we're gonna live in a world in which managers are going up to young stars of the game and saying stop celebrating your home runs, but you know like if Fernando Tatis Jr. is gonna get a talking to for hitting a home run and being really cool about it. Um, And Trevor Bauer is going to like stage parts of his game to make content for him to make money on later. And that's fine. Nothing makes sense. Nothing. Nothing will ever make sense again, because that is so much more ridiculous than celebrating a home run. Because you know what? Home runs are cool. Trevor Bauer's not. <laughs> Dude's a dick. He's such a dick, man. But also, I mean, I'd have that opinion of anybody. It it, it it all becomes a farce, you know. Like no one wants to see people like throwing up, like lo- drawing logos for their sponsorships. Oh my god, what Trevor Bauer also did in the pitcher's mound. Like, like that shit's just lame, you know. Or like. It just it just commodifies the sport in a way that is very unappealing, at least to me. But I am but one fan, but one man. So sad. Um. Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to pivot this into talking about as I'm pulling up the roster for the Yankees. Well, that's a lie. I I, I have the roster up. Um, it doesn't take that much preparation to do. Um, it's a Google away. Um. The domingo Airman situation. So, and you know, I've, I've, I'm i kind of hazy on how much I've talked about this on the show in the past few weeks, um, in part because I just got back from like a little itty-bitty trip today and am only just now re-immersing myself in this apartment and my world in general. Um, shout out to the Catskills, where all Jews go. Uh <laughs> Shoutouts, shout outs to the borscht belt. Uh, but anyway, um, God, sorry. Let me just take, yeah, there we go. Um, so anyway, I forget how much I've, I've talked about um, the Mingo Armand situation because it is the worst and it's going to be a shit talking point all year. Um, and I'd rather, I guess, get all the talking about it done ahead of time um, so that I, I don't have to keep giving this energy later on, um, and it, it it it's so for anyone for anyone you know I'll back up. Anyone who doesn't know Domingo Herman, Yankees pitcher, had a great season. Um, was that two years ago? I think twenty nineteen. Uh, he was on pace to win twenty games. Great year. He was heading for a great year, uh, and. Then he got suspended. Yeah, it was definitely 2019. I'm still looking it up, but it was definitely 2019. Um, then he got suspended for domestic violence because at an event with the 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 Yankees, you know, like his teammates, um, he slapped his wife across the face or his girlfriend. Um, I think it was like in the parking lot, and like some of some people saw, it and you know, all that type of shit. Um, you know. It's like you know, serious shit. Like by his teammates, his coworkers, friends, the whole organization. Uh, and it, and and so he gets suspended. Missed all of last year because of the suspension coupled with the shortened season, and now he's back. And now we have to have this dialogue again. Same thing happening with Roberto, not the same things, you know. Roberto Osuna, also domestic violence suspending, uh, on free up for free agency in free agency, looking to get a contract before the season starts. Um, and and you know, it's it's this talk about like, oh, you know, did he did, do we give second chances? Do you, do you overlook the uh stats or the the, or the personal issues for, for um because the stats are good or whatever. And it, and I can't help but think this is all just because baseball has warped our perspective on what is and is not acceptable to be overlooked. And I understand that's kind of a shit position for baseball to have to be in because the idea that you kind of are forced to be such a voice for society in certain ways, you know, baseball was that voice when it came to desegregation um, in the 1940s with Jackie Robinson. And then, you know, Larry Doby and, and all the other great players that came over from the Negro leagues. And, you know, it, it, it held that mantle very, very well. It wanted to be doing that. And it did. And it, and it, and it took all the shit that comes with it. And they're not because they believed in it. Cause it was the right thing to do. And they didn't do that for domestic violence. They treated it like steroids. They treated it like cheating. They treated it like it was some on-the-field thing. Like, the fact that, you know, um, oh, fucking Robinson Cano faced an 81-game suspension for taking a, I think a diuretic that he wasn't supposed to because his doctor in the DR told him it was okay and it wasn't, um, faced the same suspension as Domingo Herman for, you know, beating up his girlfriend is, rid- like, ridiculous, you know? Just like, on its face. And I understand that baseball has a primary... Every sport has a primary objective of keeping some level of focus of uh, what happens on the field. We are baseball. We are concerned with things having to do strictly with baseball. I, I understand. And again, that's why I'm saying... It might seem to be a shit position. The problem with that is, guess fucking what, big guy? It's it's real fucking life. You'll never be able to make anything just baseball. There is no such thing as just baseball. You know, the guys playing baseball are all people, and you're going to have to deal with them and their actions appropriately, no matter what. And... And then it comes to what do you do? And with Domingo Herman, you know, and, you know, the guys like Roberto Suna and uh, Araldis Chapman, it's like if they're wearing your team's, you know, uniform, obviously you don't want them to fucking win. But, like, you know, when Domingo Herman pitches every fifth day, I still want the Yankees to win. I don't want him to win. I don't want him to be in the uniform. But that's what I have to deal with. That's what all the fans have to deal with. That's all what all the women that have had shit experiences that have had traumatic experiences with men are gonna have to to, to look at this guy who's getting his second chance with with seemingly no real eighty one games. Oh that's it? Eighty one games? That's that's fucking it. Same as steroids. It just doesn't seem right. Should he be kicked out of the sport? I have no idea. If I was in charge of baseball, yeah. I think I would. I think I'd kick him out of the sport. Because there's no rooting for that guy. And there's no place for that. Think about how few games 81 games really is. It's not that many games. I mean, it's... it's, You know what? Let's look up... My favorite player, Tyler Wade, who doesn't get a lot of playing time. He's not a big player. And he's played in 161 games. Tyler Wade barely plays. and He's played in 161 Major League Baseball games in his life. Let's look at Gleyber Torres now, who's been a full-time player. Still a young guy, you know, still a young dude. But he's been a full-time player for a few seasons now. 309 games. And you know what? Let, let's say all things go really well for Domingo in his lifetime in terms of his health. And let's look at CC Sabathia. How many games did CeCe play in? And it's the pitcher. That's why I wanted to pick another pitcher because the way suspensions work is 81 games is not 81 starts. It's 81 team games. So even though Domingo will um, have missed 81 games, he's really only going to be missing. I don't know. Uh, oh, fuck. Josh's basic fucking math is just out the window. Like 27 starts. No more than that. All right. Hold on. God damn it. 81 divided by 5, oh, 16. Wow, fuck me. 16 starts. And 16 starts, CC Sabathia, um, 651, five, sorry, 561 games. I, I I mean, 16 games out of 561, that's not a lot. And CC missed a lot of time because he was hurt. And so what, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, the amount of time you have to serve for doing something. That's just so evil. It, it, it's so wrong. Cheating is genuinely understandable. It really is, bro. I, I, I've seen people cheat at every single monopoly game I've ever played. Somebody's cheating. Like everyone understands cheating. Cheating can be fun. <laughs> like it's a normal part of life. And it, it the consequences, the real world consequences are so small. You get caught cheating. All right. You caught me cheating. What do you want me to do? And then you move on with your day. This is a real world thing. Domestic violence. It's a real world thing. And 81 games half a season out of if he if he has a good career 10 15 seasons is that enough and and, and how are you going to expect yourself to market that guy that's out the window how are you going to expect fans to want to see that guy that's out the window cold blooded shit S- Selling fucking jerseys real cold blooded shit i don't want that And the thing is, if you put your foot down on it and really make it a sticking point and make it an issue and put that shit in the mind of every scumbag who plays in your, because you're never going to root out the scumbags. But you might make a scumbag think twice about their career. If you put that thought in their heads, maybe you'll make a change. Because shit, man, if the Yankees win the World Series and it's on the back, of like a Domingo Hermann start or some shit like that. Fuck man. I'd rather be the fucking Astros. That shit's just brutal. And I don't just mean he's on the team. I mean, like he was a real, like they named him world series MVP or some shit. Fuck. That's just awful. Awful. And, 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 and you know what? It's the second thing today. It's the second thing today. If anybody really wanted to, there's nothing fucking stopping them. They make their own goddamn rules. They might have to wait for the next CBA. I'd be hard pressed to find too many people in, in uh, the Players Association, the MLBPA, um, who are really going to disagree with you over maybe some stricter punishments. It might, you know, a lifetime ban might be hard because it might seem a little bit anti-player, and the union would obviously um, rightfully be a little bit side-eyed towards anything that is uh, especially harsh towards the players, especially coming from the league. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem without, throughout sports. This is not a baseball specific issue. We, you know, this problem's pervasive in, in, in many sports. Um, because I, you know, sports bring out a lot of, a lot of, it's a very masculine environment where you gotta be very tough, very physical. And, uh, none of which is necessary in real life it might help on the, on the court or on the ice or on the gridiron or whatever. None of it. You don't need to be that in real life. I, if, if you're overly masculine in real life, I'm probably going to judge you, <laughs> which, Hey, that might not ruin your day at all, but like, I'm going to think you're a fucking wimp <laughs> walking around two fucking shoulders back too far and shit now. But, uh, it, uh, it's not a baseball issue, but baseball could take a stand if they want to. But we'll fucking see. Anyway, let's turn it back to the roster. So let's look at the rotation. Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyone, Jordan Montgomery, and then Domingo Herman. So Luis Severino is still on the roster. He's just coming back from Tommy John surgery, and he should be back in the middle of summer sometime around. Well, the middle of the season, beginning of summer, um, sometime around uh June, I think, is where they've landed. Um, which means that this rotation would probably look something more like at least at the outset, Garricol Cole, Corey Kluber, probably slot Luis Arena in, in the third spot, uh, and then Tyone Montgomery, with Herman either becoming the sixth starter if they choose to go six, um, or the um, the long man in the bullpen, who knows, um, that's a pretty mean rotation. Uh, you know, you, you, cause you've also got, so Garrett Cole, easy ace, right? Um, hold on one second. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get my pages up. First season in pinstripe was the shortened season. And even in the shortened season, which you know, say what you want about its quality, um, because it seemed like he had some Rocky starts, at least with all the home runs. Um, uh, was still fucking great. You know, he went seven and three, a 2.84 ERA, two complete games, one of which was a shutout. He pitched 73 innings in his 12 starts, which is pretty solid. Um, a little bit you know, big on the home run, letting up fourteen, but he was a big. He, he let up a lot of home runs the year prior to, it, and a lot of them are solo shots because he doesn't get let a lot of people up on base. So it's like, who really gives a shit about that? Um, Fifth, three point eight nine, fine. Whip zero point nine five nine, which is great. Anything under one is great. Uh, strikeouts per nine of eleven point six. This is it's a really, really like, I don't think he's getting enough hype going into this season, because this will be his first full season in pinstripes. You know, last year, we're looking at 12 starts. We're going to get more than double. We're going to get almost triple of that if he stays healthy. We're going to get like 30, 32 starts out of Garrett Cole. Like this, it's something to be, because really, you got to figure, you got to figure the, the first like four to six starts of, for every pitcher at MLB, I always will give a lot of leeway to because it's like, yeah, you had spring training, but like now you're back in your hometown. And if if you're the Yankees, it's fucking cold, you know, and you were just down in Florida. It's a whole different beast, you know, playing the sport in general when it's cold versus hot. And then if you're doing it as a pitcher, that's a lot. That was a wrong bars. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, So I'll give a lot of leeway to that. And that's basically, I mean, you know, four starts, but last season that that's a third of his fucking starts. You know what I mean? Like he only had eight starts after that this season. He's going to have like 28 starts after that. It's a huge, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited about it. Uh, looking looking down a little bit, Corey Kluber, which I am. I, I all right. So I get, I get people are wary of clubs because last season, um, he basically didn't exist. He had one game. And the year before that in Cleveland, he had seven games. So in the last two years combined, he's played eight games. So I totally get that. But, but if Corey Kluber healthy, I'm not even saying he has to be fully right. If he's healthy, his last four seasons before that, uh, 2014 through 2018, uh, he ra- he finished top 10 Cy Young voting. Every year, won two of them, finished in third place twice, made three all-star games, led all of uh, baseball at least once, once in wins, led the AL and wins twice, uh, led all of baseball in ERA once, games started once, complete games three times, shutouts three times, innings pitched once, and a bunch of other shit. And obviously, you know, past performance isn't going to necessarily inform uh Present performance that goes for every single aspect of kind of everything in life, uh, but it's not that we've seen a depreciation in skill set or tools yet. We just don't have any any information. There's no data because he missed so much time. So it's not even a question. Now that doesn't mean he's going he's going to come out ripping and tearing and 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 you know be a god. But it, it means that like it's going to be tough to judge where we're expecting. His performance level to be since we just haven't seen him. And if he's you know 75% of the guy he's he usually is, that's a really good fucking pitcher. Uh, especially who a guy who'll be eating up uh second starter innings instead of uh number one starter innings, which might not seem like it's a huge thing, but over the course of a season. You know, and potentially depending on how Severino comes back, maybe even third starter innings. But over the course of a season, depending on how they want to line up, you know, bullpen usage, which might affect the hook and, 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 and all that type of stuff, um, it, could, it could really benefit Kluber not having to be the, the top of the rotation guy. Um, so I think there's a lot to be excited about with that. Uh, Jameson Tyone is going to be another colossal question mark that I am also very excited for. Uh, If you have listened to the podcast for a few years, I picked Jamison Tyone as my comeback player of the year for the past like three years Um, because I really like Jamison Tyone. I think he's got great stuff. Uh, I think he's a really fun pitcher. I think Yankees fans should be super excited about him. Um, He seems like a super nice dude uh, in general. This is a guy who who put up a winning season with the pirates in 2018. You know, like, that in and of itself is pretty fucking spectacular. You know, the, the 20... Oh, actually, the 2018 Pirates did finish with a winning record. <laughs> and also fourth in the NL Central. That's amazing. Wow. Oh, how times have changed. Francisco Cervelli, Josh Bell, Josh Harrison, Jordy Mercer, Colin Moran, Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, and Gregory Polanco. Wow. Oh, and that rotation, Jameson, Tyone, Yvonne, Nova, Trevor Williams, Joe Musgrove, Chad Cool, Stephen Brault. Wow. 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 Sorry. That's really funny. Anyway, Tyone, total crapshoot. Another guy who hasn't pitched since 2019. Um and even when he did and another seven starts, so between the two of them for the, in the last two years between Tyone and um, Kluber, Jesus, uh, fifteen starts in the last two years. So again, we have no idea what they are, but I'm fucking excited about it. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, I he's 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 gonna throw, man. I don't care. I'll put it that way. I don't care. I don't think he's a part of the Yankees' long-term plan at this point in that I don't expect him to be, no, not like a major part. If they expect him to be a fifth starter forever um, and just have that guy who is the fifth starter and is left-handed and they have decided his name is Jordan Montgomery, okay. Um, They're not expecting him to be anything. at, At this point, with the injuries and what we have on him, I don't think they're expecting him to be make any gigantic – obviously, they'll take it and they're working towards that, but I don't think they're building any strategy around that. Um, and that's okay because, you know what, being the fifth starter is hard. Like, it, you have to be a really talented pitcher to be a starting pitcher. Not every pitcher gets to be a starting pitcher because being a starting pitcher is fucking hard. So the fact that the Yankees actually drafted a guy that ended up becoming a starting pitcher for them, it, it's a small miracle. <laughs> it's it's a small miracle that the Yankees actually drafted a guy who is starting pitching for them. So, so I, I think that's a success, success story. So whether Jordan Montgomery comes out and has a three, five ERA or a five, five ERA, I don't think it really matters that much. He's just there. Um, Domingo Herman's good. I don't want to talk about him. Fuck Domingo German. Um, Severino coming back is going to be so much fun. I am so, so excited for him. Obviously he had a great season a couple of years ago uh, and then immediately got bit by the injury bug. Um, but by all accounts, from what I've heard, he's been, um, his recovery has been going really well. He's feeling good. I am, and, you know, he's got nasty fucking stuff. And, you know, he's the type of guy, I might be overestimating him a little bit, but I, I really like him as a player, so I'm okay overestimating him a little bit. He's the type of guy that I think doesn't need to throw the 98, 99 that he, he can throw to be successful because his stuff is that good, his command's that good, and he's a smart fucking dude. You know, this is a guy who will sequence out his pitches real fucking well. Yeah, you know, that, and obviously a p- good part of that goes on to Sanchez, who who helps him call out his his stuff. But you know, uh, the head, the head on Severino, dude's fucking smart. Um, like you you can tell he's not just relying on movement the way Adervino is just relying on movement. The dude understands the mental aspect of the game really well. And you can see it. You can actually fucking see it. See the gears turning on TV. He's such a fun player. I, I love Seve. So I'm really excited to have him back soon. Um, Other guys, Davey Garcia. I'm very excited for another year. Davey Garcia. He showed such great flashes last year. I would. And that's the other thing that bothers me about the Armand thing. Just to loop back into it. Cause you could, Ditch Domingo and throw Davy in there, and I'm fucking happy as a goddamn clam. uh I, I I mean, yeah, who, who cares? I I mean, their their ceilings are seem kind of similar, and their floors are honestly also probably kind of similar. Since Herman only had the one good year amidst a bunch of mediocre to bad years, and Davy's young, and you know, Davy's twenty three. Hermann's 29. Like, fuck that. You know, I, whatever. That doesn't matter. Obviously, I know it's a bigger risk because Hermann had the season and Domingo or, or, and 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 Davey hasn't had the season yet. Um, he's had the promise, but he hasn't had the season. Um, I understand. I still hate it. Uh, I hate it, but I... Uh, yeah. Yeah, again, I'm I'm like tuckering myself out with this shit. Anyway, uh, so rotation is looking great. Uh, bullpen: Aralys Chapman, Zach Britton, Chad Green. Those three dudes. Lot of confidence. That's a great, um, closer setup. Uh, what would you call the third guy back? I have no idea. I'm not gonna care. Uh, then Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson, which is a really interesting one-two punch there, uh, because Darren O'Day has somehow like found himself in a position where he's he he like hasn't fallen off. It's it's kind of astonishing. Um, because when he was with Baltimore, I I think I was just waiting for him to collapse because he was with Baltimore. Um. And he just kind of never did. And, you know, he, he hasn't been um, a real innings eater over the past few seasons. Um, but he's been an effective pitcher. His, his last season over, over a four ERA was 2011. That's ridiculous. So he's going on 10 years on a four ERA or lower uh, with his highest ERA over that time being a 3.77 in 2016. Last year, he had a 1.1 ERA in 19, uh, 19 games, and he had a 1.69 ERA in 2019 in eight games. Um, which, you know, it's such a small sample size. It doesn't really mean anything, but I, I mean, I don't want to be excited over 38 year old Darren O'Day, but I think there's actually a little bit to be excited about in 38 year old Darren O'Day, uh, which brings us to Justin Wilson who they acquired and it was like weird because no one like knew anything um but Justin Wilson another former pirate <laughs> as we slowly just steal all their talent like the Rays do uh another guy who's who's just been an effective dude his last season over a 4 ERA was 2016 with De- with Detroit uh and since then he's been a you know three and a half era dude and that guy as your uh fifth dude away from the closer starting with the closer going down fifth dude your middle another you know middle reliever guy yeah cool uh then after that you got lawizaga sessa and nick nelson and nick nelson another guy we drafted plenty to be excited about that because really what you want to see for what I want to see from the Yankees, it's just guys that they drafted making the fucking show. And it feels like we don't really get too many of those dudes anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, this this is an effective bullpen. It might not be as flashy as it was when Adovino's first season here in 2019, because it's like the Yankees made another big splash and they had a lot of these guys. Anyway, like the O'Day and the Wilson signings are a little bit more low key. Than the Autovino signing is, but fuck man, these this is still a really, really good bullpen on top of what is a really effective starting rotation. And what's great about this bullpen construction is that there's a lot of the the middle reliever guys are effective middle reliever guys, so not guys that just aren't you know quite good enough to be set up people or closer people or slash not quite good enough to be starters. They are really effective middle reliever guys, which means that if Kluber and Tyone, for whatever reason, the Yankees don't feel like pushing them beyond a five to six inning or, you know, 85 to hundred pitch limit. If they even make it to a hundred settle in somewhere, maybe more around 85, 90, uh, then you can lean on. You can probably actually end up starting to lean on the rotation a little bit, knowing that you've got guys like Cole who can kind of reset the bullpen a little bit by going six or seven. Um, I I think they're set up very very well to work around some of the gambles they took in the rotation, um, which is just fun. It's just it's just fun. Uh, let's look at let's look at the real meat and potatoes though of being a Yankees fan, and that's the lineup. So we got at second base, DJ LeMahieu. I'm going based on the projected lineup that Fangraphs has, and this is a annoying but probably right lineup. Um, DJ LeMahieu at second, Aaron Judge in right, Aaron Hicks in center, Giancarlo DHing, Luke Voigt at first, Gleyber Torres at short, Gary Sanchez catching, Clint Frazier in left, and Gio Urshela in third. Why I say that's annoying is DJ LeMahieu should not be leading off. I think that's very silly. Um, I think Aaron Hicks should be leading off. I because, you know, I, I get it. I get the DJ has the bat and he works counts and whatnot, and that's all well and good. Uh, at the same time, I think the value of the high batting average shouldn't be assigned to the on-base percentage. And what I mean by that, is that it is very hard. There's literally only one way it can happen where you can get an RBI on a walk. And so having the guy that walks a lot batting third seems kind of (laughs) dumb. You should have him batting first because however you get on base doesn't really fucking matter as long as you're on base. Aaron Hicks has good wheels. He's got a good eye. He can take some pitches of the, in, in, in the in the, in the one slot for you. And then DJ, who's going to get you a hit? You know, a, a decent amount of the, the, the time for, uh, you know, for a, a sport surrounded by failure. Um, the one way that batting really has something over, you know, the one way hitting a single really has an advantage, <laughs> over the walk is the RBI. It's really tough to score from second on a walk, man. It's tough to do it on a single, but it ain't impossible. Fuck man. You don't even move a third. <laughs> if if there is nobody on first and you got a walk, you know, like that, that's how I would approach it. Anyway, I would, I would rather gamble on the idea that you have a man on base when you put a ball into play. Um it it seems it seems to make more sense for me i'm sure the yankees have more cool math as to why i'm wrong but hey you're here to hear my opinions not theirs uh, so dj playing second cool Judgment right cool hicks i i'm fucking excited for aaron hicks this year um he he's been hurt the past two seasons and in the past two seasons, he still put up a 121 oh Actually, no, he wasn't hurt last year. Was he? No, not really. Actually, no, 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 no. His shit's just low because it was a shortened season. 54 games out of 60. Yeah, he wasn't hurt. Uh 121 OPS plus. He was hurt in 2019 a little bit. Still posted a 102 OPS plus with a 325 on base percentage. Uh, And then 2018, 127 OPS plus, 2017, 122. The dude's fucking a great hitter. He has one season below a 360 batting uh, on base percent. And it was the season he was hurt. Uh, And a lot of that's because the dude fucking walks. And, you know, it's that, it's that type of eye and that type of ability to work account that uh, I'd put more faith in to maintain throughout the aging and injury process than I would power. So anyway, I I'm really excited about this season for Aaron Hicks. I think it'll be, um, I think he's going to remind a lot of people why he was the starting center fielder. Uh, Gary Sanchez, starting catcher should be um, absolutely not a complaint for anybody. If you're whining about Gary Sanchez being your starting catcher, you're a bitch um, who doesn't know anything about baseball. And that's really all there is to that. Um, saying, uh, Clint Frazier starting left makes sense at this point um, strategically and like emotionally for Clint Frazier. Um, where Clint and Brett are in their careers, um, or in their talent level. Um, if it's not overlapping, or if if it's, if it's not Frazier with a decent sized lead, it is at worst overlapping. You know, the 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 downward arc of Gardner's uh, production capabilities at some point must cross with either Frazier's upward trend or even you know, sideways moving gently upward trend, uh, because he's still young, you know, he's going to get better. Uh, And at this point in time, I have to imagine Clint Frazier is just going to be a better player than, than Brett Gardner, Uh, or at least they're going to be so comparable that why not keep a guy who you could have as a long-term solution happy versus a guy that you're keeping around because he's still a reliable player and he's not going to be bad for sure. I have no doubt in my mind, Brett Gardner will not be bad. Um, but it's basically on a farewell tour. I would think. And 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 really hoping to get that last ring. So, uh, yeah. Gio Brashello being a third. We got nobody else. Miguel Duhar should probably be traded at some point. Um, not even because I want him off the team. Just because why chew up the spot on the 40 man? Um, that's all I care about. Fuck that shit. Uh, let's get him out of here. Um, send Tyler Wade with him. I can't believe we didn't get a backup infielder whose name is not Tyler Wade because, wow, I hate looking at Tyler Wade on this team. It is infuriating. Um, so we actually, we ended up talking about half the bench, Tyler Wade and Brett Gardner. Mike Talkman on the bench. I keep forgetting he's on the team still. I don't know why. I just he just gets lost lost in the shuffle for me, uh, and then Higgy, backup catcher, cool. Don't give a shit. Um, love you, Higgy. I just don't have anything to say about it. Uh, anyway, you look at it though, this team is positioned so fucking well. Um, second base, great defense, great bat. First base, who cares about defense? Great bat. Uh, shortstop, mediocre defense, great bat. Third base good defense, good bat catcher, good defense, great bat. I believe in Gary Sanchez, you're going to eat shit and die. If you don't believe in Gary Sanchez, this season, he's going to shove it up your fucking nose. Um, Center field, great defense, great bat, right field, great defense, great bat and left field. If Clint Frazier holds up this gold glove level performance, you got to, you got some really good defense, really good bat. This team is built, built, For success. Now, is it as flashy of a team as the Padres or the Dodgers in either construction or personality? No, but that's kind of what you get with the modern iteration of the Yankees post 2016. Um, It's, you know, the the Dodgers are more like 03 Yankees, um, and the Yankees are more like the Rays with a budget. And that's fine. Because this team's still going to be fucking good. We're going to be favorites in the AL, in the AL East, and the American League as a whole. And we might feast on such shit teams. We might, you know... If the Yankees break 100 wins for the third time in four years with the one time they didn't being a shortened season, I'm not. no one should be surprised. I'd be more surprised if they didn't at this point. Um, which I know is ridiculous because it's 100 games, but with how bad a lot of the other teams are and how much better that the Yankees keep getting... It just seems fucking natural, but I also have no one to rein me in here. (laughs) So uh, take what I say for again, large grains of salt. Uh, I guess I'm going to kind of just wrap it up there. I I really don't have too much else to say. I have gotten myself excited about Yankees baseball again. That was really the point. (laughs) Um, And of course this shit just isn't, isn't nearly as much fun without Corbin. So these episodes always feel worse without him. Um it's my buddy. He's my guy. It's hard we do the show together. <laughs> so hopefully we have him back in time for Thursday's episode, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, life goes on. Um, but stay tuned for it. Uh we'll also I guess have to start doing bull predictions for LB some point pretty soon. So we'll, you know, we'll figure that out too. Uh, If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Joshua D. Tracy. It is my name spelled out. Don't forget the E. Everyone forgets the E in Tracy. But anyway, if you want to find me on Twitter, that's where you can find me. Uh, If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one.